Welcome to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. Over the next hour, you're going to learn from expert guests their thoughts on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Now, here is Kathy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a lovely evening. Welcome to the 10th episode of Soul to Wellness. I'm your host, Kathy Thurman, and this radio show is designed to be your place to tune in to your inner self and to explore the journey to whole person wellness. I wanted to offer our listeners expert feedback on alternative and complementary healing modalities, and that's exactly what we have in store for you this evening. We'll be discussing the holistic benefits of the arts. A simple yet very therapeutic collage technique called Soul Collage with my featured guest, Kat Kirby. Later on the show with my frequent guest, Pat Thurman, we'll be exploring how the subconscious can reveal unresolved wounds through an art therapy diagnostic tool called the House Tree Person Assessment. And right after the commercial break, my featured guest, Ariana Gonzalez, will be educating us on the healing effects of medical Qigong. Right now, I'm honored to have Kat Kirby here with us to share the creative and expressive art process and how it can positively transform our lives. Kat Kirby is a board-certified registered art therapist, and her history is rich in teaching art, as she spent over 40 years helping students find their visual creative voices. You may find more information about Kat Kirby on her website at katkirby.com. That's katkirby.com. And her full biography is available on my Voice America host page. Welcome, Kat. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Kathy. It's great to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Now, according to your biography, you are retired, but I find that hard to believe given how actively busy you are. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm retired from being an art therapist. I'm my my status with the Art Therapy Association is uh, Cat Kirby ATR BC retired. So, um, <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> yes, that's how I know I'm retired. But other than that, I am very active in terms of um, offering art workshops and art retreats, uh, both in my studio here in Prescott, Arizona, as well as beautiful places around the world. Uh, and yes, that 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 indeed. Uh, so why don't you tell us, you are a very creative, artistic person. Why don't you share with us some of your first memories of being creative? Huh. Okay. Um, when I was, I guess, around seven or eight years old, um, I used to make these teeny little books uh, with little drawings stapled together. And I still have a couple of those. There was just something about little books that really appealed to me. But I also, um, I had two neighbors who were a year ahead of me in school, and we used to create um, plays in my basement, very often involving the blackboard that we had. So we would play schools and act it out, and uh, we had a curtain and everything, and it was just always creative playtime. Beautiful, beautiful. I I was I endeavored in those creative activities myself as a child. Well, how did you decide to become an art therapist? Oh, well, that's a good story because um, I was an art teacher when I graduated from um, college. I had a degree in art um, art education and ceramics, and I taught. Um, a variety of places. I was always an independent consultant, but as an art teacher, um, I had to give kids grades. And I don't know about you, but you know, I can't draw realistically. I never attempted to try and do portraits or mm -hmm. realistic landscapes. And when you have a curriculum within an art, uh, you know, within a, a school. The administration has certain requirements, and I just hated giving kids grades in their art. And so I I just figured if they showed up and they did their best, and, you know, their best might not have been perfect art results, but I I would give them good grades, and, you know, that, that wasn't how you do things. So 
um, I looked into other ways of using art with people and found out this was in um, 1975, I believe, found out about art therapy. And that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> so that's is that when art therapy came about in terms of a, an acknowledged profession? Do you know? It went. It, it's it's actually from the 1940s, I believe, the okay. the very first art therapist. But even in my graduating class from Leslie University, I was in the third graduating class in this expressive arts therapy master's degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it it's really taken off since then, which is a good thing because yes. it's very helpful and healing. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I actually, I wish, I really sincerely wish I had an art or an art teacher like you who <laughs> didn't critique as much and just wanted it to be more about freedom of expression in children. That's right. just a healthier route to go. So when and how did you find out about soul collage? Um, I worked when I was an art therapist, I lived in San Diego and I worked, um, mostly with people uh, dealing with eating disorders and addiction recovery. And somehow or other, there was a professional luncheon um, in San Diego for people working in the field of eating disorders. And we were watching a video. And when there was time for a break, um, the presenter suggested that, that we should share our business cards. And I have a, a very colorful business card, as you can imagine. And um, so when we were passing out these business cards at our tables, somebody said to me, oh, wow, this looks like soul collage. Do you do soul collage? And, you know, this was back when we didn't have cell phones and we didn't carry around, you know, our Apple watches or whatever. So I said, well, no, what is what is soul collage? And she said, well, I'm not really sure, but this card reminds me of it and my roommate does it. So that planted a seed in my brain that I had to find out when I got home. And sure enough, um, soul collage was a form of creating your own deck of um, collaged cards, much like a tarot deck. And each card refers to a part of yourself. And I just knew that I had to become a facilitator of this process. And so I did back in 2006. Wow. Well, I absolutely love it. And I happen to have gotten my Soul Collage Facilitator training from Kat. And it was just a very healing experience mm -hmm. for me. It helped me through a grieving process. I had lost my father at the time. And it it, it was it just had remarkable healing benefits for me. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you love about this process, Kat? Well, I think the main thing is, um, is that people very often, especially in recovery programs, um, they really identify themselves by their illness, by their addiction. So they will say, you know, I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict. And yes, okay, that may be true, but you are also someone who likes to go, I don't know, likes to go sailing. You're someone who likes to read books. You're a father, you're a mother. And so the list goes on about who you are. And with soul collage, when, as you build your deck, and there's no limit to how many cards are in a deck, you create your deck of cards based on all the roles you play in life and all the people who support and challenge you and all kinds of things that make you who you are. And I loved being able to show people who were in these recovery programs, that they were many more parts than than the one that they would identify with. And I could just see, you know, people's, the joy in their eyes and their ability to create a deck when, honestly, to begin with, they thought they'd have one card, which was that one diagnosis. So it was really wonderful to see them creating their life story or their their story through these collaged cards. 
Well, I happen to be a firm believer that soul collage is a healthy addiction. because <laughs> It's like potato chips. You can't stop at just one. Right. Uh, it's it's very like once you start the process, it's exciting. And I think you want to, Kat, you're the one who uh, introduced me to the analogy that, you know, we are a multifaceted diamond. And once you start diving in this process, you just want to know, what, okay, what what else is there? What else do I need to discover about my myself? Now, for yeah. those who are new to the soul collage process. Uh, could you describe the materials that are entailed? Sure. Well, first of all, I want to um, give a shout out to the founder of Soul Collage. Um, she's no longer with us, but she's with us in spirit, those of us who are facilitators. Um, her name was Cena Frost, and she lived in Watsonville, California. And she created this process um, combining her love of um, therapy, psychology, uh, creativity, and in particular, uh, she really worked a lot with um, archetypes. And so the, the original uh, story behind it was that um, she was in a, a group that met every year, I think for three or four years, uh, studying with Jean Houston. And she, for her final project, she made a card for each person in the group and wrote a haiku on them, um, sort of describing that person in a haiku as an archetype. And so that just developed into this process um, way back in, I guess, maybe the early 2000s. And um, so when I got trained by her, I really got a taste of the spark that, she, you know, that she provided to the people who wanted to become facilitators and share this process. Um, I think that one of the things that has really helped me with soul collage is it can help heal relationships. And I just say this out of my own experience because um I had that happen where I made a card and what we use is, you know, we use five by eight inch, um, they're made of mat board, but you can use anything. And in fact, some people make their decks with round cards. It can be whatever you want it to be, but the standard uh, format is a five by eight inch card. And then you just look for images of people and animals and backgrounds and landscapes, and you look for something that calls to you. It's almost as if the card wants to make itself, and you are the you are the channel that it works mm -hmm. through. Um, you get attracted to an image of a person, and then you find a background where it looks like it's at home. Um, and then we use a, a phrase which is "I am one who." And so it's the card speaking, it's the image in the card that has a voice. And that voice is your voice, but it's it could be represented by, you know, a fish. It could be represented by a child or a man or anything because that image attracted you and you gave it a voice. And so you build your deck that way. And I have over 300 cards now and I retire them from time to time. I don't always want all of them in my deck because we use our cards to do readings for ourselves, unlike tarot or other types of cards. We ask a question in the moment of something that's important in our lives and the cards are the answers. You choose three or five cards. Um, and it's just r remarkable how the cards that need to be showing up at that moment show up for you. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I was wondering if you could, there's, I, I know we don't have time to go into all the elements of soul collage, but some of the ones that I thought to be more uh, sacred were the transpersonal cards do you mind describing those really quick? There's like two or three sure. of them. Yeah. So um, there are three cards that do not speak. They don't say the I am one who. They actually have no voice. And they are the sort of sacred 
um, three cards. They are um, the source card, which represents however you see it. It could be um, where we all came from, where we're all going to be returning to. So it could be a spiritual figure, or it could be like a void, almost like you know, a lot of the sort of planetary pictures from National Geographic and stuff like that, just to represent that that which um, has no voice, but is it's bigger than all of us. So that's the source card. And then there's the witness, uh, which is the one who um, observes without without judgment. And very often it can be represented by um, a light or a mirror or eyes. And the third one is called the soul essence. And that one had me confused for a long time. But that's the one that um, it's best to compare to an acorn is going to become an oak tree. And so mm -hmm. we have been born to become what we are meant to do. And I just love that one. And all of these can be represented very um, abstractly, or they can be represented, you know, with statuary or images that aren't of a person necessarily, but have a bigger, uh, a bigger force in your deck. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful stuff. Do you have any favorite cards that you'd like to share? <laughs> well, the I think everybody I think everybody probably remembers the first card they made. Um, but my very favorite one is actually uh, it was from a I think an ad for an insurance company and it and it has two hands creating a triangle in the middle. and I have an image of a woman in a boat by herself and then, these hands, which this is my protector card, which I really love having with me because when I when I have that card in my deck, I always feel like I am protected somehow, mm -hmm. um, that I am being looked after by a higher force. And it's a very calming feeling. And in terms of the trainings is there just like there's multiple levels i'm assuming there's multiple levels of training there's well, just training on how to go ahead yeah no interestingly enough there's one level and it's facilitator okay. and um ever since um the pandemic the trainings before then the trainings all had to be done in person over a period of two or three days, usually a weekend. But during the pandemic, it was realized that, you know, we, we can't meet in person. How are we going to do this? And so um, it became available online. And some people do it in three days, but a lot of people spread it out so that you can absorb. I mean, how long can you sit at a computer and look at a screen or listen to someone lecturing? Certainly not six or eight hours, I don't right. think. So it's, it's spread out over time. And there's still trainings in person, but they're all around the world in all different languages. It's fantastic. There's trainers in England, there's trainers in Portugal, there's trainers in Brazil, uh, Israel, Australia, China, I mean, everywhere. And people can become facilitators by joining one of these one of these trainings. And for those of our listeners who are interested in the Soul Collage Facilitator training, what does that entail? Are there any uh, prereqs, anything like that, that people need to prepare for? I think... Um, I think people need to understand the process and maybe have made a few cards. Um, I was a trainer for 10 years and um, it's it's become, um, since it's been online, it's changed a little bit um, because when I did it, uh, we didn't have people have to make cards ahead of time, but I think now it's a helpful way of entering into the training. Um, and it's, you know, about three days in person. Um, like I said, it can be over a week or two online. So, yeah. do you uh, do you have any trainings coming up in the in the not so distant future? 
Well, I um, retired from being a trainer, so I'm no longer doing that. Um, but I do other things. Um, I love to just lead art workshops um, online and in my studio. Um, I'm about to leave for an art retreat in uh, a town called Carefree, Arizona, which I love. It's north of Phoenix. And we'll do soul collage and as well as making an art journal. Um, I love to make handmade books and mixed media mosaics and all kinds of um, watercolors and doodles. And so I have two rules whenever I um, start a new class. And I, I started this when I worked with uh, kindergarten through fifth grade in an inner city school. And it's these are the two rules. Number one is you can't be wrong. And number two is have fun. And it. when that's, that sets the stage for this non-judgmental, expressive arts, you know, everything goes because it's it's you expressing yourself through various mediums. So um, I love that. <laughs> exactly. Now, I'm aware that you go to Portugal every year. Uh, every other year. Every I other year. I would love to okay. go every year. And if you don't mind me, we have a couple minutes. So like what prompted that? Going to well, um, so uh, in the 1980s, um, I was married to a British man, and I lived in England, and my daughter was born there, and people in England very often need to go somewhere sunny, because very often it's not sunny there, and we had a second home in Portugal um, along the south coast, which is the Algarve, and, you know, we would go every year. Um, we rented it out much of the summer, but we would go in May and September, which to me are the nicest months to go to Portugal. And after we moved from England and sold that place, I longed for it. And so I started doing art retreats there in Portugal, uh, I'd say about eight or 10 years ago. And I want to do it every year, but it's it takes a lot to organize an, an art retreat. Um, in a foreign country. So my next one will be in September of 2025. And I don't yet know what we will be doing, but it will involve making some sort of a book and probably some sort of uh, self-reflection like soul collage. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. I think it's wonderful that you've kept up the tradition since childhood with your books. <laughs> um, I know that my husband is taking one of your classes and he's now excited making books out of file folders that so he's really yeah. enjoying that. Yeah. So you also have a upcoming retreat in December. Would you like to share information about that? Absolutely. Yes. So um, I do this uh, with a colleague of mine in Taos, New Mexico. Uh, that is in early December, and that will be Soul Collage. It's called Soul Collage, A Return to Wonder. And we will be doing Soul Collage as well as creating a book at the Mabel Dodge Luhan House, which is this wonderful historic home. Mabel Dodge Luhan would invite all kinds of artists and writers and people to come and have salons where they would share ideas and, you know, solve the world's problems, I guess. Um, and so we will, I do that one every year uh, at the end of November, early December. And the information for all of these is on my website under the heading of events. Okay, wonderful. All right, Kat. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up soon for a commercial break. I know you have a lot on your plate, and I'm so grateful that you could be on the show. Thank you for sharing your experience and your expert knowledge. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? Feel free to talk about Kat's Clubhouse and whatever you'd like. Yes, so um, I do have an online membership group um, I think the best way to find out more about it would be to go on my website and um, contact me. There's a contact form, and I can tell you more about that. But it meets uh, twice a month, and we make stuff, and we talk, and we discover new materials and so on. It's it's very uh, very encouraging and creative and fun. 
It sounds absolutely wonderful. I know that my husband's joined your group and he's enjoying every minute of it. Yes, yes, thank, great. Thank you, Kat. Have a wonderful evening. And I will, I'm going to Kat's uh, retreat in December and I will be in touch with you about your retreat in uh, Taos, New Mexico. And I can't wait to go. Oh, Goodbye, thank Kat. You. Thank you so much thank for your Thank you so time. much for having me. Bye-bye. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. As mentioned, you may um, find more information about Kat Kirby and Soul Collage on her website at katkirby.com. I hope you enjoyed learning about this creative method of self-discovery. Up next, after our commercial break, my guest Ariana Gonzalez will be explaining how energetic blockages are removed from the body with medical Qigong. And my guest Pat Thurman will be summarizing how an art therapy assessment can reveal the way our energy is stored, flows, and activates. Stay tuned after this message. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Tune in to hear Kathy Thurman share her favorite tools and stories from 17 years of experience working as a certified holistic life coach, hypnotist, and energy medicine practitioner on Soul to Wellness with expert guests offering their feedback on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Soul to Wellness, hosted by Kathy Thurman. Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back, and thank you for joining Kathy Thurman on Soul to Wellness, your place to tune into your inner self and explore the journey to whole person wellness. Now, back to the show. Welcome welcome back, everyone. Given that we have limited time, I would like to introduce my next guest right away. I have here with me my wonderful friend and fellow peer in holistic medicine, Ariana Gonzalez. Reading her biography, you will find that Ariana is an exceptionally talented woman and an experienced medical Qigong practitioner. And she is here to educate us on this special branch of traditional Chinese medicine that promotes healing and balance in the body. Welcome, Ariana. Thanks for joining us. I'm so glad to have you here. Before explaining the techniques of your practice, please share a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, so I've been a psychic intuitive for over 10 years. And just like a lot of other intuitives and healers, I had my fair share of early childhood trauma, um, which ultimately is what lit my passion to holistic health because as I grew up I was very limited to holistic modalities and I was running out of options within the western medical field and I always laugh when I think about it because I always sound like Qigong found me at the perfect time and it was one of those modalities that as soon as I started it just immediately shifted everything inside of me. That is absolutely wonderful. And that's usually how I, we've talked about the theme of the wounded healer before in earlier shows. And most of, most of us holistic healers have been psychologically wounded quite a bit in our childhood. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you found your calling in this practice to help others get over their pain. So 
Now, there's many different practices to Qigong, and our listeners, are, I'm assuming, are new to all this. So can you explain some of the differences and the different styles and techniques? Yeah, of course. So Qi means energy and Gong means skill, and that goes into energy skill. And in general, Qigong for health is typically the type of Qigong you'll find being taught in a group setting or classroom. And that consists of a series of meditative movement, sound vibrations, and visualization aimed to purge the body of stagnation, tonify, and regulate the system. And this is something absolutely anybody can benefit from. Medical Qigong, however, is a whole other beast. And this is usually done in a one-on-one setting and requires a trained, focused, and skilled practitioner well-versed in the human anatomy, physiology, psychology, and the energetic and spirit bodies. And in other words, a trained practitioner that can look into the three bodies to find the root cause of a specific ailment or disease. And this can be extremely beneficial for patients and people finding resistance to relief through Western medicine. Okay. And now I'm, I I don't know a lot about Qigong myself. (laughs) I know that you work with three bodies. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, of course. Um, So this goes into also Chinese energetic medicine. And um, so the three bodies, we have our physical body, which is where our main organs, our bones, our nervous system are. And then about a few inches from our physical body, we have our energy body, which is also commonly referred to as the emotional body. And this is where I take a look at the thoughts and stories that are looping within a person's um, field. So something such as you know, an obsessive worry, right, that keeps looping in somebody's energy field is going to ultimately affect their physical body. And it's going to translate into something like their spleen. And then I'm going to take a look at their lymphatic system. I'm going to take a look at their digestive system. So it's interesting how it all kind of stacks on top of each other. And then our spirit body or shun body is what connects us to our divine affinity. And let me see. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ari. Okay. So in order for me to properly evaluate a patient, I have to look at all three bodies. Uh, What does a medical Qigong session look like? So with me, an appointment uh, usually lasts about 60 minutes, and that includes a 15-minute intake and then about 25 minutes of active energy work. And while you're getting energy work done, you're usually just laying flat on the table, very relaxed. And that's when I work on you. And through that, I work through your meridian system. I look at your five main organs. I purge stagnation superficially, and then I start to go deeper. And um, yeah, so it's really relaxing. Some typical sensations that uh, are commonly felt are just twitching, um, tingling sensations, a change in breathing pattern. But ultimately speaking, at least the first session is always the most profound because it's like breaking the ice and you feel really tired afterwards. And then your energy just boosts up about like five levels up over the next two to three days. Mm -hmm. And do you mind explaining to our listeners why that is? Because there is a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're used to our body performing at a certain um, pattern. And when a practitioner goes in and corrects any chi or energy deviation through the body, it can cause like a, like, oh, what is this? It's a, it's a shift. And you have all of this amount of energy. And sometimes that excess amount of energy can have like a drowsiness and sleepiness so you need time to integrate that so that you can adjust to the new energy <laughs> level mm-hmm. so it's really it's really beautiful and it's it's amazing to see the consistent the consistency within everyone that comes in do you have any recommendations for a client 
in terms of coming into a session, do they need to fast? Are there any, is there any special clothing that they need to wear? Usually just loose clothing is fine. I normally recommend no food or water or caffeine about 30 minutes before the session and 30 minutes after, only because if you come in, you know, on a full stomach, 30 minutes before the session, all your energy is going for digesting the food that you just had. And it makes it harder for me to go in and work on you. And then 30 minutes after is also recommended so that again, the energy work can work its magic on you on a cellular level. Eating takes away from that just because mm -hmm. now the attention goes into digesting the food. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So as you can imagine, Ari sounds like she knows what she's talking about. And that is because she has gone through extensive training. Do you mind sharing the training that you've gone through, Ariana? Of course. Yeah, so I've been enrolled with Bian Hua Gong. It's the Temple of Change and Transformation. And I've been learning under Dr. Jerry Allen Johnson since 2020. And I'm excited because I'll be graduating with a doctorate in August. Ah, congratulations. So it's, been, <laughs> it's been long, but fun. <laughs> and you have a thesis that you're working on, are you not? Yes, so I'm taking in um, case studies right now directed toward things that I'm passionate about because I want to take something that is so intangible, such as energy work, and see tangible results. So mm -hmm. patients with heart disease, um, neurological disorders, muscle atrophy, anything like that. And I just started my case studies and I've already been seeing some really good improvements. So I'm really excited about this. That is wonderful. And so, but uh, just so the listeners know that you do currently have a master's in mm -hmm. Qigong. And what else would you like to share? We have a couple more minutes. What else do you think that our listeners need to know about the process? Whatever comes to mind. Oh my goodness. You know, just be open-minded. And I mean, this work is so profound. And normally when it finds you, it's typically because you've come to a point where you reach a crossroads and you're ready for that transformation. And until someone is ready for that transformation, you know, it takes, it, it, it's, it's so interesting how it always works out. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I just love this stuff. It's, it's been working so well for me personally, and it's beautiful to see how it works with others. Now, Ari, you have a very active practice there in Phoenix, Arizona. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so I am located inside of Urban Wellness Center here in Central Phoenix. And I've been there for about two years. Before that, I used to do everything remotely and I would travel to patients. Um, but it's a beautiful little space. I love it. It's, it's wonderful and it's pretty easy to get to. And let me see, but I do a lot of remote work too. So it's always Okay. I think that's do. good to know. Thank you. And uh, we do have mm -hmm. a little bit of time. So what would a remote session look like? A uh, remote session is very similar to in-person. It's just remotely. And when you schedule your session via website, it sends you a Zoom link. And I do exactly the same thing that I would do in person, except you're in the comfort of your own home. Okay, perfect. And just out of curiosity with the pandemic and all that, um, do you have a lot of remote sessions? I do. I do. Because I did start remotely. Um even with psychic intuitive work, it was always over the phone. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that prepped me for this medicine. And it's just crazy how it all just connects together with time. <laughs> okay. Well, wonderful. I think it's all in divine order, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Your psychic intuition, I'm sure, knows that. So, all right, Ariana. Well, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap up. I apologize we didn't have enough time to discuss this, but I want listeners to know that you are a published author of a beautiful book called A Mystic's Book of Poems, a collection of what is light within dark and dark within light. Ariana, how many listeners find your book? 
You can purchase my book via my website at anewreads.com, or you can also go to Amazon and get it shipped to you a lot faster too. (laughs) You can just put it in the search bar and then it'll pop right up. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. And how many listeners who are interested in your services contact you? Uh, You can go through my website, anewreads.com. I have a contact form there. And all my information is there, email. So it's pretty easy to get a hold of me. I'm like connected to all social media outlets too. Uh, wonderful. Well, you may also find the contact information of Ariana Gonzalez on the Soul to Wellness page of my business website at myheroicheart.com. That's myheroicheart.com or through my Voice America host page. Ariana, thank you for sharing your expertise as well as your personal experience with medical Qigong. I so appreciate your time with us this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate you. Absolutely. You too. Goodbye, Ariana. And with the remaining time expanding on the topic of art therapy, I have frequent guest Pat Thurman here with me to discuss how the diagnostic tool called the house tree person assessment reveals unresolved emotional wounds. Welcome, Pat. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Similar to Kat Kirby, you are a board-certified registered art therapist. You have a great deal of experience with the house tree person assessment, which, from my understanding, has been around for quite some time. What can you tell our listeners about that? Well, to start with, the house tree person is an art therapy directive, and art therapy is an aspect of psychotherapy, where a psychotherapy is talk therapy, Art therapy is more a focus on creating art as an exploration of what might be troubling the client when they come to see you. But getting back to the house tree person, it was an assessment that was developed by a person named Joe Buck in the 1990s, which means 1990s, 1920s, which means it's been around for over 100 years. Wow. Millions of drawings have been created. And these drawings have been studied in terms of the issues that the clients have brought up. So you have this correlation between imagery they would create and the challenges they're addressing or talking about so that we've been able to say, okay, given this symbol showing up, there's a correlation to how this might be showing up in an emotional or psychological manner. Why would you take this assessment? Well, what's interesting is there's 10,000 different ways you can draw a drawing, but when you draw a drawing, you draw it the way you draw it. In the art therapy, as with the house tree person, it's, it's an avenue, it's a way to connect with the unconscious. And as you talked about in your previous episode with dream work, this house tree person, art therapy approach allows the client to get more into their unconscious material through symbol making, which is much like the dream state. I see. And what can a person expect during the process? Can you outline the step-by-step details? Sure. One of the things, from a a reason or why you would do the house tree person is because it does address your energy. And we're going to talk about the whole energy as we, we get through this. So as a client would come into my office and I would say, why don't we approach the house tree person? What I would do is I would have the client engage in art making activity. And so many times they will say to me, oh, I'm no good at that. I can't, I can't draw. (laughs) And yeah, we can all draw. And in fact, the more you are trained as an artist, the last opportunity you have for art therapy to work for you. That said... The house tree person, it is four separate images. So I would give the client four sheets of paper. I would give them a pencil or a pen. On the first sheet of paper, they're going to draw a house. Now, they always ask, well, can you give me more instruction? Can you give me more detail? And I don't. I just simply say, draw a house. If I give them more instruction, they're going to end up drawing my house, not theirs. I see. Second, second sheet of paper. I say, draw a tree. And I tell them, no Christmas trees. I'll explain why when we get into the actual assessment of the the tree drawing. 
Third sheet of paper is draw a person. No stick figures. You have to draw a full body person. And then finally, on that fourth sheet of paper, I asked them to draw the house, the tree, and the person. Now, after the client has completed those four drawings, we go into what we call the assessment of the drawing. And I want to stress that only the client can interpret the art. It's much like a dream. Only the person who had the dream can truly interpret the dream. I can look at the imagery with the client and relying on all of that vast material that was developed, I can say this looks like this, this shows this, but the client has to sit with that. So when we look at the house, the first thing I ask the client is, where's this house from? The client may say, oh, it's where I grew up. Well, that's an indication of family of origin issues. Or the client may say, that's my dream home. Then we have a conversation about what would it take for you to enactuate that dream and move into that direction. The home is where your energy is stored. And we look to a door, a doorknob, a path. We want to look at, can you get to that energy and draw from it? If you can't, perhaps... There's a depression issue. And there's so much more to the house to look at. But let's talk about the tree. The tree is the sort of the flow of energy. The house is where you store the energy. The tree is the flow of energy. Is there a, an active flow in your life? And if there's not, we would want to look for what those blocks or those barriers might be. When we look at the tree on that image, on that paper, is it grounded? Did the person draw a lot of roots at the base of the tree? Again, that's a, an indication they may have family of origin in their child work to do. Is there a lot of demarcation, lines, a lot of bark, as they would say, on the trunk? And if there is, that could mean they had a pretty stressful life. Then you look at the canopy. And in the canopy, does the canopy of the tree show a lot of branches? Branches are an indication that you're having stress in your life right now. And sometimes my clients will put fruit, apples, peaches, pears, oranges, lemons. They'll put fruit in the canopy. And that is an indication that they're probably not getting the emotional support, the emotional nurturing they need. The person, when you look at the person, do they have feet? Do they have hands? Because the person image is the actor of the energy. If you don't have hands and you don't have feet, you're not going anywhere. You're pretty much stuck. That energy is stuck. Mm -hmm. Also, that is that person image is your self-definition, how you see yourself, a self-esteem perspective. Do you have eyes, a nose, a mouth? What's interesting is you look at the detail, and a lot of my clients will put a belt buckle or eyebrows in detail, no hands or feet. The conversation about that's missing, and we begin to explore why the hands aren't there and why you know the feet aren't there. They may only draw a face, a portrait, and they're all thoughts with no body. Again, how does that work for them? So then when you finally look at the final drawing, the house, the tree, the person all together, you're in a situation where we call it the enmeshment drawing. Oftentimes, I have a client who will actually draw themselves in the house, looking through the window, and the tree is leaning into the roof of the house. So you have this sort of a meshed image. And when you have this, where all three are touching each other, it could mean that that client is overwhelmed with life. They can't prioritize. Everything's coming up at one time. They have high anxiety. They may be depressed because they feel stuck. So it becomes a conversation about how to sort of parse that out, how to establish prioritization, how to sort of move away from codependency. Those kinds of things begin to show up and we can talk about. There's also significant or obvious trauma indicators within the drawings, the kinds of windows. Again, how you sort of address the, uh, the trunk of the tree, things that show up in the body image. Those trauma indicators doesn't mean the person had trauma, but I can say, what was life like for you when you were 14? What was life like for you in that family of origin? And start to get a conversation about 
what was life like then that could have been a developmental trauma or a shock trauma. The other thing about our therapy, and it's great with children because it doesn't rely on language. I don't need someone to tell me their art is what does the talking for them. So it doesn't create a lot of defense mechanism kicking in. Mm -hmm. And children love it because it's fun, it's playful, and it tells the story we're looking for in a therapeutic situation. Excellent, Pat. Uh, Who is trained to administer this assessment? So you don't have to have a licensed practitioner. Many of your board-certified registered art therapists are not licensed, but they are certified through the Board of Art Therapy. But you want someone who is trained in how to do this drawing assessment and sit with the client and go through and do the analysis with the client. So you want to make sure that they have had the appropriate training to do this work. Okay, wonderful. All right, Pat, I'm afraid our time is up. That was fascinating information. Thank you so much for sharing and for joining us again. It was great to have you back on the show. Well, it's always a pleasure joining you, Kathy. And you know, I want to say good night to everyone and you guys have a great evening. Thank you. Good night, Pat. In closing, I would like to share a page from Ariana Gonzalez's book that is called A Mystic's Book of Poems. I've left a link to Ariana's published book on the Soul to Wellness page of my business website at myheroicheart.com. The following passage I'm about to read is from page 53 of her beautiful book. Doing can become a distraction from being. This silence will catch you off guard when you least expect it, when kids grow up, when the relationship stunts, when you get laid off or retire, or maybe when you've crossed off all the chores on the to-do list. How long will this momentary bliss of doing nothing last before the days, the weeks, the years come back to finally be processed? Make the time to integrate your day in solitude. You'll be surprised at what you discover and even more surprised at what you choose to consciously keep and let go of. Don't wait till there is nothing to do to process all of your life's joys and heartaches. That is sage and beautiful heartfelt advice from the remarkable healer Ariana Gonzalez. And whether you try soul collage or dabble in some poetry, I'm wishing you all the time and opportunity to continue creating, finding your inner truth, and giving voice to your thoughts and feelings because they matter. On the next episode of Soul to Wellness will be a panel of four special clients of mine, Grammy Award-winning sound engineer Rob McCumber, Up With People performer and director Umberto Alabado, psychology and criminal justice student and researcher Caitlin Reed, and Cassidy, who wishes to remain anonymous, who is also a life coach, drama coach, and fashion design entrepreneur all of who will be sharing how the tools that we've been presenting in this radio show have transformed their lives. That's all for tonight. Good night, everyone, and sweet dreams. I'm Kathy Thurman, signing off on Soul to Wellness on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's no need to hurry. Slow and steady always wins the race. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. We hope you have learned a lot and you can apply in your own life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.